Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 177, and this is the live podcast recording from the Boston Marathon Weekend with Generation UCAN and my friends and women who are in the running podcasting space, Carrie Tollefson, Tina Muir, and Allie Feller. I was super honored to partner with UCAN. They've been supporting this podcast for about three years now, and also to be able to sit on stage with three other women who are doing really powerful and inspiring things in the same space that I work in. Uh, It really was a dream come true, and I look forward to so many other events with them. We learned a lot in this process, and we can't wait to do it again. So if you haven't heard of these women, you should definitely check out their podcasts. And Carrie's podcast is See Tolly Run. Tina's podcast is Running For Real. And Allie's podcast is The Allie on the Run Show. All three women are doing awesome work in this space, and I think that you'll really love their episodes and what they bring to the table. Everybody's a little bit different, and we all have so much fun with what we're doing. And there's room for everybody, right? So we were just talking about it in the podcast, which you'll hear in the recording. We need more people to start podcasts because we love listening to them ourselves. I want to thank Generation UCAN for putting this together and allowing us to sit on a stage together in front of such a great audience. There were so many of you there that showed up for us and I hope we entertained you. Uh, the, the room was full. It was a packed house and I hope anybody who was in that room left more than anything feeling happy and like they can do whatever they put their mind to doing. Thank you everybody so much for the support over the weekend with the Boston Marathon as well. The Boston Marathon is such an amazing weekend to be a part of this culture and community and There's really, really not much like it. And I think that's because this is a community that supports each other really well. And I wouldn't wanna be a part of any other kind of community. Before I let this recording roll, I want you to know that I have some really exciting post-Boston marathon interviews coming up. I have an interview with Scott Fobble and also Jordan Hesse. They both had really great races in Boston and so I'm recording those this week. Uh, I would say Scott's will probably be out this Friday and Jordan's next Friday. If I get really ambitious and excited, maybe I'll put them both out. Uh, But yeah, those are coming your way. Really excited to get them out. And also, you should check out Generation UCAN because they supported this uh, huge event that we had. And they've been a longtime supporter of this show. So if you've been thinking about checking out something different for your nutrition needs with your endurance sports, with your running, your biking, whatever it is you may be doing, check them out. They are powered by a super starch. That's my favorite thing is that what ingredients they use, what happens is that super starch, it gives you long lasting energy, no sugar spikes, no bonks, and it's really easy on the stomach, which is super important for distance running. Uh, I use the energy performance before all my long runs, and I did drink that before the Boston Marathon this past weekend. I also really enjoy their Anytime Bars. So if you guys go to generationucan.com slash another, you can use the code ANOTHER19 to save 15% off your order as well as shipping. All right. Thank you, Generation UCAN, for supporting this episode of the podcast. Thank you, Carrie, Tina, and Allie for partnering with me on this and just being awesome supporters. I am honored to work with you ladies and can't wait to do it again. All right, friends. Enjoy this conversation. Good evening, everyone. Thanks a lot for joining us. Wow, this is amazing. Great crowd here tonight. Thank you so much for being here for our first ever UCAN podcast event live from the Boston Marathon. We're really, really excited in just a few minutes to bring to you guys women behind the mic with some of the top women's running podcasters in the game. So really looking forward to that. I'm Varun with UCAN. Um, Just wanted to take a couple minutes uh, here to tell you guys a little bit about who we are. So I'm the director of storytelling for UCAN, and what's really interesting is we've worked, uh, now this is our ninth year of of UCAN being in existence. We launched at the Boston Marathon back in 2010, and as we've kind of navigated all of the different aspects of running, the uh, working with elite athletes like Meb, uh, Dathan Ritzenheim, Sarah Sellers, working with races, um, we're the nutrition sponsor for the Dallas and the San Francisco Marathons, And then working with podcasts, um, what's really been fascinating about us and what we've done in running is the the storytelling aspect of running, just understanding 
why everyone does what they do, what brings them to the start line of the Boston Marathon. And that's kind of being here year after year for the last um, nine years. That's what makes Boston fun and unique every year. UCAN started here in Boston back in 2010. Um, we were over at the Lenox Hotel. There was about 20 or 25 people in the room. Meb Kaplesi was one of them. Um, we had just launched the company, and, and Meb was attracted to UCAN both because of the benefit that the product had to offer and, and also really the story behind you, why UCAN came to be. And I just want to take a minute or two to share that with you today. So what's unique about UCAN and all of you here who have received, uh, who've come to this event, got a sample bag when you checked in or you will get one um, on your way out, is what we call super starch. It's the energy source in UCAN. And, and super starch was never developed for runners, for people like Mev, for people like all of you who are here to run Boston. It was never intended to be for that. The basis of our products, this super starch, was originally for one of our co-founders, son Jonah, who suffered from a very rare blood sugar disease. So just like all of us who are running, uh, all of you marathoners experience hitting the wall, Jonah hit the wall multiple times a day because of this energy imbalance. And it caused him to need it to be fed every two hours, day and night, just to survive. His family started a foundation, they spearheaded research, and ultimately it led to the discovery of a cooking technology that we apply to a non-GMO cornstarch that helps it deliver a very slow and steady release of energy. So it's really exactly what anybody who's running or anybody who's exercising wants. Through UCAN now, we've had 40 uh, athletes reach the 2020 Olympic trials, um, number of people now fueling for Boston, fueling for all types of races, they're able to avoid GI issues and a lot of the ups and downs that come from sugar-based fueling. So UCAN really offers a unique and differentiated solution for runners. Um, if you guys get a chance to chat with the stars of the show afterwards, both Lindsay and Tina um, are using UCAN to fuel for Boston, so you can ask them about that. Um, so I just really wanted to share the story with you. Um, really, what being and running, uh, the community of running, you know, because of our origins, it means so much to us. And so getting an opportunity to hear the stories that um, these four women are going to share with you and to hear all of your stories throughout the weekend, uh, it's really exciting to us. So again, I just want to thank you all for being here. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce the stars of our show. First, she is a Olympian in 2004. She's a unbelievably fun personality, host of the Sea Tolly Run podcast. Give it up for Carrie Tollefson. <laughs> up next, she is also an elite runner. Her name is Tina Mir. She represented the UK in running. She's the host of the Running For Real podcast. Give it up for Tina Mir. And we've got Allie Feller. She's created an incredible community in New York, in the Bay Area, all over where you want to be running. Give it up for Allie, host of Allie on the Run. And finally, you might know her from her live shows in New York, her live shows in Indy. Give it up for Lindsay Hine, host of I'll Have Another. We'll turn it over to them. I feel like I'm the bride, because I was the last one to walk down the aisle. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Generation UCAN, for doing this. Can we all give a round of applause for UCAN? All right. Who is running on Monday? Oh, OK. Great. Me too. Who is, oops, sorry. <laughs> Who has ever fueled with Generation UCAN on a run before? Excellent. You guys can cheer. You guys can like, come on, wake up, wake up. <laughs> Who's here to spectate? <laughs> wow. And anyone that just couldn't get Monday off work, but is really excited to be here with the four of us tonight. Yes, same, great, love it. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here today. Uh, what we get to do every week on our podcast is because you guys listen, or at least I'm assuming some of you listen. <laughs> Um, it's really, really cool to sit up here with these three women who are passionate about storytelling and really on the same kind of career path that I am myself. And starting my podcast has literally changed my life and just the trajectory of my career. And I'd like to start by asking you ladies, do you feel similar? Like, did you picture yourself 
sitting in front of however many hundreds of people are here right now, behind a microphone, Boston Marathon Weekend. Did you envision that for your life? You know, I, I'll start. I, I did not know I'd be a podcaster. Um, and I still kind of like, I'm a podcaster? Like, that's so different than what I was used to. When I went to College of Villanova, I wanted to be on camera. And I think why I wanted to be on camera was because a lot of times when that red light goes on, we freeze. And I always kind of got excited when there was a challenge, just like racing and running, like all of us like that. And for me, it was kind of like that challenge of seeing the red light. And even though I screw up a lot, um, I can laugh at it and have fun with it. So podcasting has been really fun, a really fun way for me to meet a lot of people, but also to hear the journey of all kinds of runners, not just elites, even though if you do listen to my show, I do get about a lot of elite athletes, but any journey out on the run is, is so special. So it's been really cool. I mean, I don't know that I knew what a podcaster was <laughs> until probably when you launched your show and I got to be on it, which, you know, started things for me. Um, I still oftentimes hesitate to call myself a podcaster. Like, my parents are here, which is very exciting. Um, like, do you tell your, your friends, are you like, my daughter is a podcaster? Like, no, they have no idea what that is. It's like, yeah, so I'm definitely still, I think, getting used to saying that this is my job, that it started as a hobby. I've never envisioned myself being any part of Boston Marathon Weekend at all. I have never, you know, I'm very happy in my middle of the pack. For me, the thought of running a 3.30 or however many minutes faster marathon to me is bonkers. So the thought, I, I never envisioned myself being part of Boston Marathon Weekend. This is my first time here being part of this weekend, and now I get it, and now I want to be Q. So <laughs> I'm looking for coaches, I guess. <laughs> She's going to do it. This is your first Boston, Tina. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, I am so excited to even just be here. I've never done anything like this with this many people that I've known and heard of and seen, and just being here is just very surreal for me, especially being from England. Uh, you know, we have the London Marathon, but Boston is just a whole new level. <laughs> well, we're going to move on from podcast talk in just a minute, but I want to know if each of you guys can kind of share. Um, well, who has been on one of our podcasts? Has anybody in this room been on one of our shows? Laura Anderson, I see yes, Janae, Ashley. Look at all these people. Mom I and Dad. <laughs> So don't get offended if they don't say your name, I guess is my point here. Because <laughs> I'm about to say, who is a memorable, memorable guest who's been on your show? Um, when you walked away from that interview, you were like, I am never going to forget that. They said something that meant a lot to me. I think I'll go if that's okay. Um, I had Siri Lindley, who is a triathlete, so not typically you know, in the running industry exclusively. But she said that... Um, Fear is a sign from the universe that you are about to do something amazing. And I love that because that obviously applies to so many things in running that we see as scary and um, things that we wouldn't typically want to take on. And it just is usually right. It leads to something even greater than you can imagine. My friend Chris Mosier was on the show. Uh, he was a very early guest. Chris is an absolutely amazing athlete. And he came on, and the thing he said to me was, you don't know what you don't know. Chris is very well known for being a transgender duathlete, like represents Team USA. He's absolutely amazing. And I didn't know a lot about what it meant to be transgender. And he came on the show, and I was like, I need you to dumb this down for me. I don't know what I'm talking about. I need you to tell me if my questions are offensive. I don't, I was really uncomfortable going in because I had so much I didn't know. And he just said to me, he was like, Ali, you don't know what you don't know. And it's okay to ask questions. And that's how we all learn. And that's how we all open our minds and get smarter. And that helped me with interviewing, of being able to be a little bit humble and have some humility and not feel like, yeah, I can prep for these questions and these interviews and conversations, but I don't need to know everything. And it's okay to not know everything, and that's served me in life as well. Uh, so now I ask a lot of questions, and, um, and Google is my best friend. So yeah. There's never a dumb question, right? I think um, my, one of my favorite, most memorable guests was Kelly Heron. Kelly, is she here yet? She was going to the game today, and then she was going to try to get over here. But Kelly is the woman that was beat up, not today, mother, you know? And um, I was, she was one of my first guests, and she still had her bruises when I, I had her on my show. We do the rapid fire. Some of you have seen that, and you could still see. And that was really, I'm kind of a goofball. And um, for me to have somebody have such a serious incident in their life where, you know, it could have gone the other way and we might not have her here, um, it was pretty powerful for her to kind of remind me that I need to get home from my runs. I have three kids. 
I need to be safe, and I need to love the run still, even though things happen, not to be afraid of it. So um, Kelly Heron, I think, has changed a lot of our lives, you know, just watching her journey, but she was pretty special. So not today is a phrase I, I think about a lot. So good. Does everybody, do you guys remember that story? People know that story? Okay. Um, I wonder if anybody can say who this quote is by. Um, this is somebody on my podcast that I had on way back in the day, and I've had her on since, but she said, if you're not setting a high enough, if you're meeting all your goals, you're probably not setting a high enough standard for yourself. Does anybody know who said that? Call it out. Sh Shalane, who said Shalane? That's who it is, yeah, Shalane. That's one of those quotes that, like, as she was saying it, I'm like, yes, this is so good. I love it so much. And I have never forgotten that she said that. And I think about it often in my life and in my podcast and in my running. Um, I want to ask Carrie a question about broadcasting. Do you guys all know Carrie Tolfson? She's doing the broadcast on Monday, which is so freaking cool. Yeah. Honored to just be sitting up here with her. She did the New York broadcast in the fall. I, I think everybody here would probably be interested to know how do you prepare for something like that? You have to be so on the spot as the race is happening, spitting out facts and statistics, and how do you do it? Well, there's a lot of prep that goes into it, a lot of reading all of the previews that are out there. But, you know, I think one of my main jobs, and I have to remember this as a broadcaster and as an elite athlete, I'm there to share my experiences. So I am not a veteran marathoner. I've run one, and it was four months basically to the day after I had my second baby. Um, so that was, I can't really use that as an example when I'm talking about the world's best. But what I think is important for us to remember is that these people are human. They go through a lot of the same things that we do. They're just a little bit faster. And, um, you know, the stats are one thing, but just remembering to bring that human story. Like, you know, I want to make sure everyone knows these guys are human. And so that's what I'm trying to do. So a lot of prep. Um, I'm looking at all their stats right now, but also kind of digging deep into their family, their lives outside of running, uh, those kind of things. And yeah, it's such an honor to be in the booth, you know, as a bunch of females out here, but a lot of guys that are supporting us females. We need a female voice. And I know I don't know everything about the sport, but I'm proud to be one of the females. You know, one of us four right here too, but one to be on camera is pretty special. So thank you guys for watching and for cheering us females on in the booth because we need more of them. Uh, can we also talk about the time that you were like 45 minutes postpartum and covering the Olympic trials on the back of the car? No, this is true. This is true. I wish this were a Wait, joke, but she you know, did it. To be honest, it was kind of nice because I had some extra curves in places that I don't anymore. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I was in LA 12 days after having a baby, 10 days after being out of the hospital. And uh, needless to say, when I got back home, I paid for it pretty, pretty bad. I had some mastitis that happened. And, but who's gonna give up the opportunity to be right there in front of Shalane and Amy Craig, battling it out with Des, coming down the, you know, to the wire? It was amazing. And um, my kids are just fine. <laughs> I paid, they didn't, and um, I would do it in a heartbeat again. So we're strong, we're tough, we can do this stuff. Well, that's kind of a perfect thing, because I want to know, we talk about the, the things that we would do all over again for our kids, that the sacrifices we made, the mastitis that was worth it to see, you know, the, the women win the trials. Um, tell me, are you, are you faster now since having kids, or were you faster before? Well, I, th I think my answer, I would like to say, is to be continued. Um, I would like to hope that uh, someday I will be. Right now, it's kind of a middle ground. Um, but as of right now, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Where are you at? Oh, um, I was one. Yeah, I guess I have been faster since having kids. I'm not currently right now. But in between one and two and three and four, I ran my faster marathon. So there we go. <laughs> You're amazing. Um, no. <laughs> I will never be as fast as I once was. There's Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Kelly. We talked about you. Yeah, we, we forgive you. You're at the game. Um, I am not faster. I run about four minutes slower in my 5K. So no. But you know what? Three kiddos, it's worth it. I love high-fiving the crowd now. And, you know, it's just fun to be Carrie, on this. 
Come to the middle of the pack. We have a I, lot of fun. I'm it's there. like happy hour in there. We have a great time. Like you guys can keep running your cool. fast marathons, but I'm saying we have a really good time in our little Sold. face groups here. Um, I want to talk about returning to running after having children. Do we have moms in the group? Do we have moms? We got some moms. All right. And moms-to-be. So, and moms-to-be and lots of new moms in the back, which is great. Um, fellow new mom myself. Tina, you're still a pretty new mom. So we all kind of run the spectrum here. And I know that after you have a baby, you, you get the whole, okay, wait six weeks to work out again, and then you're probably cleared to go, and maybe see a pelvic floor PT, bye, is the, the general instruction you're given. Can we talk about what that's actually like? I want to hear from you guys about what it was like returning to running in those first days postpartum. Were you like, I feel amazing? Or just a random example, were you like, my body feels good, but I literally can't put a sports bra on because I'm yeah. bleeding? <laughs> Thought I wasn't going to say that, but here we are. I <laughs> I just, for me, it's okay. For me, coming back postpartum is always, I, I just think that it's important to um, do what feels right for your body. And, like, it, it's so hard for me. Like, I, I, my first six months even, I'm out running, and I just feel extremely heavy, and, ex like, my legs feel really heavy. And I think um, it's really hard. I mean, that's, I mean, it's really hard and it's important to not compare what you're doing to what the other moms you see are doing because it's easy to get sucked into that. Or if you just had your fourth baby, don't compare what you were doing after you had your first baby because it doesn't look the same at all. I think for me, I noticed a lot that uh, I kind of took it initially as the way it approached uh, running a marathon. You know, you run a marathon, you maybe give yourself three to four weeks grace and then everything's healed up and it's fine and then you can go run again. Uh, or run fast again. But um, I think I thought it would be like that. Once the soreness faded, uh, I, once it, I gave myself a month's grace, I would be fine. Uh, did not quite work like that. I do remember running to the mailbox about uh, 10 days afterwards thinking, I'll test this out. And I remember feeling like, okay, that definitely was not a good idea. Like, I, it just didn't feel good. Um, but again, yeah, like Lindsay said, I think you have to kind of go with your own body and, and thankfully I was able to kind of get going after about six weeks but didn't feel right until about eight nine months which what does that longer. mean like what didn't feel right were you like I think of Kara Goucher saying her, she felt like her organs were gonna fall out which I didn't understand until I tried to run yeah. too soon I think I felt like that definitely when I yeah. ran to the mailbox that day <laughs> but for me I think it was more just kind of I felt awkward I felt like it wasn't my body and it was just everything was uncoordinated like you know, the, the token phrase of a, a deer on ice, I kind of felt a bit like that. Yeah, that's totally, that's a great analogy. I think for me, it took, I took four weeks after each one at least and didn't do anything. Um, my agility coach at the time when I was pregnant with Ruby, my first baby, um, I was thinking about coming back as a pro. And he said, get to know your baby. And I was like, I don't think I've ever had a coach tell me that. Like, don't worry about coming back, get to know your baby, and then when you're ready, come back and like get that mindset. And so four weeks I took um, for each child, and I did come back pretty quick. The one thing that I didn't do, and you guys shared a little bit about your running journey, I didn't do a lot of core early on, and I think that helped me because I think a lot of runners come back too fast trying to work their core, and that is really what we need to let heal up. So if you are somebody that is having new babies, which we have quite a few in the room, or if you're gonna be having children, just keep that in mind. Coming back, working out, running cardiovascular-wise might come back faster than your actual damage from having a baby or being pregnant. Yeah, I'm like, what is core? What is that word you just well, said? Is that I something I should abs be? more. You know, like <laughs> these abs were pretty messed up for I'll a while. I'll put it on my to-do list after yeah, dishes, exactly. laundry. No one has time to do core anymore core. anyway, so. <laughs> Take foam roller out of corner. Yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned um, in talking about getting to know your kids, I'm curious how you each decide what you're going to share on social media when it comes to your kids. Is it the bright, happy, shiny moments? Are you trying to protect their privacy? Um, what, what do you decide to put out there? How do you decide? You've got a lot, so. <laughs> I, I'm probably the... I probably overshare a little bit too much if I'm being honest. Actually, I, like the past couple weeks, I've been like stepping back just a little bit because I'm trying. Actually, I had Brad Stolberg on my podcast talking about uh, having balance in your life and his new book, The Passion Paradox. And it really, truly 
which is what I love about my podcast. Like, it got me thinking. Like, talking to him got me thinking about it. And so I've been trying to put my phone away more, but I'm not super protective. Like, I don't need to put hearts over my kid's face. It's okay if you do. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But, like, I'm okay with sharing. And um, I have not received much negative feedback or anything like that. I'm, I, I feel, honestly, 99.9% .9 of the time support from friends on social media with, you know, like, if I'm having a crazy day. And literally, here's an example. I... <laughs> Um, oh, no. I, I, <laughs> Here it goes, oh no. I mean, this I didn't share on social media, but when I share things like this, people are like, oh my gosh, you're doing such a great job. But like, I went to pick something up off the floor the other day in my bedroom and I thought it was a hair scrunchie and it was literally a piece of poop. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not kidding. And I, I'm so serious. And I did not, Glenn. no fear, if you follow me on Instagram, I did not put that on social media. I still don't know if it was my dog's or one of my kids. Like, I literally do not know. Glenn Hine, where are you? Was, Hiding. I, it might have been Glenn. I don't know. But, <laughs> but the point is, is like, when I share things like my kids throwing flour everywhere, I feel nothing about, uh, but, but support from people. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not quiet about what I share. You know, I think for me, when I started having children, it was really fun because I kind of had this new, like, experience with the running world. Like, I had so many moms now feeling like they had advice for me, right? Like, a lot of times when you're talking to somebody that maybe is a bit faster, made a U.S. team or whatever, they feel like they can't really have that conversation, which I think is a bunch of baloney um, because we learn from everyone. But it was really nice to have moms say, hey, Carrie, you know, this worked for me, or I got to get up at 4 a.m. and do this workout or whatever. But um, one of the things we had chatted a little bit about uh, for me with social media is I have to be careful at times, and I think it's a really good reminder. And along with Kelly's story, um, I think that we have to remember that we don't want to give up too much information as to where we are. And so I've had a couple weirdos that have scared me on social media, and I will share my life and I will share my kids, but... I have been scared enough to say, I'm not gonna let everyone know where I am all the time. And that for me has been a learning experience. And I am not very good at social media, so if anyone wants to help me, please DM me, because I am not as good as these ladies. Wait, what did the weirdo, like someone commented saying, I know where you are, like in the scream mask, kind of yeah, popping out like while you're making popcorn? Like weird, like stories written with me as characters that are very inappropriate, um, just, telling me like you said hi to me when you're running and you know you, there's just so much access like people can have access to you so I just want to be careful and when you have a friend that is reminding you to be careful too it's um, important to be careful so I like to share with my kids and I love to put their faces out there because I love them more than anything but I also just you know sometimes take a step back Okay, so I think this is a good time actually to transition to uh, kind of the way that uh, the things that I like to talk about a lot are kind of being very real with one another, you know, sharing that life might look ne perfect on the outside, but that's not necessarily what's going on inside. Now, you've already heard a few things from the other ladies about um, things that maybe weren't quite as they seemed, but I would love to kind of hear um, for someone listening who might think, uh, look at their life, it looks so perfect, everything's so great. Why is that not necessarily the case? I talk about poop every time I open my mouth. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know if anyone's looking at what I'm doing thinking like, wow, that looks so great. It's like Crohn's disease, pumping, crying. Um, that being said, like, I am a very happy, optimistic, positive person. Like, I'm excited most of the time. Uh, so I like to share that and I, um, I don't know, when it comes to social media, I don't think about what I post. Every now and then, like, I mean, sometimes I might, but for the most part, it's like, hey, I'm feeling this in the moment and for me, it's, I am a freelancer, I work from home by myself, I post 30 Insta stories a day because I have no one to talk to. Like, I have friends and family. Like, I look forward to 3 p.m., which is when my mom gets out of work. I'm like, I get to call someone now. Um, <laughs> real men wear jeans after work. Oh, For example, yeah. speaking of Instagram, the other day I went on a rant Hilarious. about my husband relaxing in jeans. Do you guys have men you know who relax in jeans? This guy brought a sign. 
So I don't yeah. understand that. I don't. I don't get it. My husband's like lounging around in work clothes. I don't understand. Where are your sweatpants? <laughs> yeah. So I'm not thinking about what I'm posting on social media, but now I'm gonna shame you guys. I just saw. I just saw like soft work pants for women. Maybe we should do a I, soft I suit for men. I literally put like put sweatpants. Wow. I lay them out so when I get home I can put them on. Like they are ready to go. I do not understand this. Yeah, I mean if I put a bra on at any point it comes off real soon after. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> but like I think um, you know, I've never been one to really I don't censor myself. I don't I pr I probably overshare as well. Um, and I don't really think about it too much. So I don't know, I, if my life looks good from the outside, I'm excited about that. Um, my dog and my baby look good. That I don't have to fake at all. They do a great job. They show up great on social media. Uh, but yeah, I think. And that's okay. And um, you know, you do do a good job of uh, sharing you. the real stuff going on behind the scenes. And um, Carrie also has maybe a story she would like to share with us from uh, this weekend that I think would be a good one for the audience. How come I'm blanking on it? Your whole family oh, is puking. my whole family. Oh, yeah. So I was like, what am I going to post the other day? And it was Thursday. Like, no joke, 12 inches of snow in Minnesota. Trying to get out here thinking, what the heck will they do for NBC if I'm not here? I'm sure. I mean, they'd find somebody, right? But I had like 8 or 12 hours in the, Minnesota, in the Minneapolis airport not knowing what I was going to do. And the whole time, I left that morning. So I am not contagious anymore. Just letting you know. But like two weeks ago, I had the stomach flu. Have not thrown up since 20, 2003. No joke, have not thrown up. Even through three pregnant, four pregnancies, but three babies, right? So I have not thrown up, threw up two weeks ago. My entire family, all five of us threw up, and then another one got it. So there's been six pukes in the family, or six puking people. Friday was the day, Thursday was the day, my husband gets it. My five-year-old gets it. My three-year-old has been having an upset stomach. And then, overnight, my nine-year-old gets it again. So as I'm sitting in the airport, just chilling, <laughs> not doing anything, waiting for a flight, my poor family is sick at home. So those are the times that, you know, I thought maybe I should post something. But I thought, no, I probably shouldn't because I'm going to the Boston Marathon where everyone's scared of germs. They're not going to want to see me which I'm not contagious, I know I'm not. Um, but yeah, those are those instances, Tina, that it's more fun to post a smiley picture than uh, a puking one. For sure. And I think that we can all kind of understand that you wouldn't want to remember necessarily and go back and be like, oh, that was such a fun day yeah. when you're having a bad day. My poor husband, he was so green when I left and I'm like, I'm sorry. Now, another thing that we tend to uh, not share about or not talk about as much is comparison. I mean, uh, in this social media world that we live in, there are a lot of good things about it, but there's also a lot of bad. And one of the bad things is, is comparison, looking at other people and letting it kind of ruin your um, you know, self-esteem, how you feel about yourself. Uh, Lindsay, do you have anything in particular that you can think of that you struggle with comparison? Honestly, like, I think... And I think that my 35-year-old self, four kids later, I don't think I have that struggle like I once did. I Maybe after my first baby, I think I maybe would have compared myself to what other people are doing. Like, maybe she's running 60 miles a week. I think I should do that. Now I'm like, I don't give a what you're doing because I'm tired. And I train for Boston on 30 miles a week, and it's going to be really hard on Monday. But that's how. that's just... This is my life, and I, I, don't, I don't struggle with it like I maybe once did as my younger self. That's okay. I'll have to say one of the things for me, it's been hard coming out of the elite world. Um, I really loved racing. I loved it, and I was excited to start my family, and I didn't have it in my heart to go back to racing after I had my kids. I just I didn't like to be away, even though I'm away a lot now. Um, I just felt different about it, and... I did, I do still at times think, oh, like you look at amazing Roberta Groner, like, come on, huh? Like how amazing yeah. is she? And there's times I'm like, could I have done that? Like, could I have tried to run again and put my time and energy and heart into something like she's doing and so many other women that are in their 40s. Um, it's weird to say, cause I'm, you know, 42 now. But um, I would have to say that that's my comparison is just going away from and you know slowing every single year. 
Like every day, I'm slowing. One day you're gonna run a marathon though, and you're gonna be really fast. I know you've ran one, but like we we are got we have got to get you to break three hours. Yeah, but when you compare me to then my events, yes, I know. it's not pretty. Comparison's never pretty. Yeah. Uh, I do it. I for sure. 100%, I have no shame in admitting that the comparison trap sucks and I do it. I do it to my former self, um, not with running. I've never cared about times. I'm not a competitive runner. I've always run for fun. Uh, I've never fallen into it in that way, but then I had a baby. And then everything I ever believed to be true in life felt shaken to the core. Uh, a lot of anxiety, a lot going on. And when it's three in the morning and my perfect angel baby wants to hang out, I'm like, okay, I'll hold you with one arm and what am I gonna do with the other? I guess scroll Instagram and there's nothing worse than being up with, well, there's probably picking up poop is maybe worse, but being up in the middle of the night, hormones going crazy, don't know what, what I'm doing as a mom and I'm scrolling Instagram and I'm seeing women who had babies the same day as Annie getting blowouts and going to the gym mm. and wearing sports bras that look somewhat comfortable. Uh, I had a really hard time with that. I will be honest. I unfollowed people that I like in real life because I just couldn't, like for me, I knew where I was in my life at the time and I was like, this isn't serving me and I can't keep down this path. And so I hit that unfollow. There's a lot of power in the unfollow button. I gotta say, like, I see some people nodding, which makes me happy. Like, you don't have to follow everyone. And if, if a runner has 60,000 followers and you think like, oh, she has 60,000 followers, I should follow her too, right? She's doing something right? Not necessarily. First of all, those could be paid for. Those could be bots. But secondly, I think it's really important right now, um, especially in a room like this with you women who I think set such amazing examples, that there's a lot of really dangerous behavior out there on social media. And as a new mom, I was witnessing a lot of it. And it was easy, it was tough, because it was easy for me to say like, wait, she's already running a lot, and like we had babies the same day, and like I questioned it, should I be at that point? But it's also saying, being able to say, that's not right for me right now. She might be putting herself in danger. She might have stuff of her own going on. Uh, and, and I think it's hard. It, it was hard for me. I'm, I'm the newest mom up here, so I have wisdom to gain from all of you, which is really nice to have these resources at my fingertips. But um, I had a really hard time with the comparison trap when it came to being a new mom. I still do. So speaking of the run, what is it about the run that gets you out the door then? Every day or every other day, whatever you can do. I work from home by myself all day long. So if I can get outside for a little bit, um, I get to see my friend Angela every now and then on the waterfront. Uh, for me, it's like social hour. Yeah. It's the, I know a lot of people run because they're like, I need my alone time. I'm like, I need to see humans. Um, that's why like, I love going to Orange Theory because I'm like, I call them my best friends and I think it makes them uncomfortable because they're like, we don't know your last name. You're, you're just the girl on treadmill 12. And I'm like, oh my God, Brad, be my best friend. Do you want to come over later? And they're like, no, we have jobs. Why are you at the 9.30 a.m. class, Allison? Uh, but it's, it's social for me. It's, uh, it used to be physical. I used to have totally different motivation when it came to running, um, which led me down a very disordered path when it came to running, um, which is nice to have that in the past. And now it's just like, no, I run because it's fun, and I max out at three miles most days, and it's great. I love it. Lindsay, why do you run? Um, I run for the freedom. Um, I, love, I love running by myself. I don't necessarily like running with people like you do, even though I'm by myself a lot with lots of kids, but um, my mind is still thinking about really quick what you were saying about like being up with your baby in the middle of the night, and, and I'll move to the run, but I, just, I was just thinking like, Something my mother-in-law always would tell me would be like, being up with your baby by yourself is middle of the night is the loneliest you will ever feel because you feel like nobody else is up in the entire world. Um, and I also just, in the comparison talk that you were talking about, don't get me wrong, my biggest fights in my marriage have been in the middle of the night when babies are screaming. <laughs> so, so I, I, yeah, like that stuff happens for me too. Um, but back to the run, I... I just run for the freedom, and the more babies I have, the more freedom I feel when I run, and it feels completely different than it did 10 years ago, and, I, and every year is a little bit different, and I, just the other day, I was, I've been running really slow, like for me, pace for me, and just the other day, I did a little tempo run, and I was just going under eight-minute miles for like three miles, and to be able to hold that pace for three miles 
gave me this sense of freedom that I haven't felt since before I was pregnant with my last baby. And that's a really long time to not feel that good when you're running, you know? Like, it's been, it's been a year and a half. So, yeah, that's why I run, for the freedom. Tina. Um, for me, it's about the challenge. I, I love the ability to kind of um, see what I'm made of, you know, push myself. Um, my plan after Boston is to back off and run easy, so we'll see how that goes with what I just told you, um, <laughs> because it probably won't go too well. But, yeah, I just love being able to, to, to just go out there and challenge myself and um, run as hard as I can and then uh, rest as easy as I can and take it as easy as I can, do it, you know, how I feel is right. You know, one of the things that I love about the run is that it brings this community together, right? Like, we all run different paces. We all run different distances. But I have been raised in a way that I surround myself with like-minded, positive people. And what, uh, I can't ask for a better sport. You know, really, I mean, you look at other sports. I love playing other sports. Um, but really, we can all kind of connect real easily in the very first minute of a conversation when we talk about the run. So I want to know a little bit about you guys and, and what this community means to you outside of maybe just the podcast, because it is a business at times, but really you got into it for more than that. So let's talk about the community a little bit. I mean, I think this is easy for me to talk about coming from Britain. I'm obviously coming from a completely different um, place where in uh, Britain, my memories, and maybe someone from Britain is here and can tell me it's changed, but my memory of my competitive uh, life when I was a teenager was very much when you got to a race, you had your eyes burning in the, you know, the horizon, you did not talk to anyone. Even if you know, we walked next to one another, you are just focused, you don't interact with anyone else. Um, I didn't really have too many running friends at that time, and so when I came over here and uh, to be honest, I love the like, woo, side of America. Um, <laughs> yeah, that British people typically don't have. My mum can probably attest to. She loves it as well, the, uh, the woohoo side of things. Um, so for me, the community was great, and um, I just felt so welcomed, and everyone was so excited about everyone else. And then, um, you know, for me, building a community um, of what I call superstars has been pretty amazing. So for me, it just it has been everything to be over here. Yeah, this community brought me back to life. I mean, I've had, I'm like, I'm enthusiastic 98% of the time. Let me talk about my anxiety and depression. Um, but a couple years ago, it was 2013, and I had been, I hadn't started the podcast yet. I don't know. I'm sure they existed then, but I wasn't in the space. Uh, but I was blogging, and I was really sick. I have Crohn's disease, and I had a flare for a really long time, and it took a really intense mental toll on me. And I found that I wasn't talking to friends and family about it, that I totally retreated from people I loved because I didn't want to bother them with my problems. But I would bother the internet with them. So I would blog about it. And the comments that I got, I mean, I still to this day have them screenshot and saved on my desktop because the way that this community has come out to show support for me during really dark times. And I mean, there were really dark times when I was like, I wasn't leaving the house for days at a time and was really deeply depressed. And people I didn't even know, like people that are in this room that I really want to know, saying comments like, it's going to be okay, and we support you, and we love you, and we're thinking of you. Like, those comments, those sentences that take two seconds to write got me out of bed in the morning and got me to walk across the street to Dwayne Reed and eventually got me to Central Park for a walk, which turned into a run. And... I mean, that was not internal. That was not anything except the running community showing support for me as a human who was struggling. And I think, you know, I don't know, maybe basketball fans do that. Maybe soccer players are, like, super psyched about other people on the sidelines. I don't know. Uh, but the running community, I have found, is just genuine and kind and, and woo. <laughs> like, definitely woo. And, I, I mean, you guys brought me back to life. Follow that up. Maybe with some enthusiasm no. would be good. <laughs> Maybe bring it back up. <laughs> no, no. What I can say too is truly some of my best friends, they're sitting here in, in the audience, like I've met literally on social media because of running, and that's just no joke. And and one thing that I think about, and this is way before my podcast even, um, it was 2013. I had had a pretty big surgery. It was a pretty big time in my life, and I don't know if anybody, do you guys know Michelle Gonzalez, NYC Running Mama? I'm sure a lot of you do here. 
she sent me flowers. And like, I wasn't even that good of friends with her yet, but running had connected us in this way that, I don't know, there was a deeper, there was a deeper connection. And, and truly running is what brought us together. And just the fact that um, that's just one little example, but just a stranger from the internet that's invested in the running community would send me flowers. I mean, if that didn't make me cry. <laughs> but also, um, peop- your friends that aren't runners, like, they don't want to hear you talk about running, right? <laughs> like, you are going to go back to work on Tuesday, and, like, people are going to say, how was the Boston Marathon? And you're going to start, like, doing this. Like talking about the water stops and, and the weather forecast. They've, they've heard you talk about the weather forecast all week. <laughs> and they're like, we don't care. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that's the thing, too, because honestly, like when you run a marathon PR, that's a really big deal in your life. And people outside of the running community probably don't understand that. So to have, like I have a group text of, of girlfriends and we're all in this group text and we're all runners. And like we celebrate those accomplishments together. And that's really important. Because my husband doesn't want to hear about it all the time either. <laughs> well, speaking of that, Allie, you and I aren't racing on Monday, so it's not really, this isn't for us. That's fine. We'll take We're going to come back. We'll find a race, right? We'll find a race. Yeah. But you too, before we open it up to questions, I want to know what the goal is and what you're feeling going into the race. Tina, why don't you start? My goal is, uh, as w- what I would hope is most people, to enjoy myself. Um, being an elite runner in my former, maybe future life, Um, I had always taken it very seriously, had tunnel vision pretty much from the start. Um, You know, if a kid put their hand out, I'd be like, nope, I'm not wasting my energy high-fiving you. Savage. (laughs) Yeah, it was, yeah. And so this time I want to high-five kids, like, I think it was you that said, till your hands bleed. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like something I would say. I've heard you say that before. Um, I want to high-five people, I want to celebrate, I want to enjoy it, and... uh, so my goal is to cross that finish line with the biggest smile on my face. So, Yay. Don't let her fool you, though, because she's still going to run really fast. <laughs> like, really fast. Yeah. Do we have any? Can, can we? Runners like Wait, to what ta- is your goal? Well, I'll, I'll what ta- are you doing? I'll tell my goal, but runners like to talk times, and Tina's really fast. So can you give us, like, a range? Okay, well, firstly, I want to preface this with I have done every single run since having Bailey by minutes, so I actually don't know a pace, but um, I will say somewhere between 2.45 and 3 hours would be the goal. (laughs) Same. Same. Not safe. Not slow. Um, No, for me, honestly, um, this Boston is really special to me. It's my first marathon uh, post-baby number four. Um, Was able to run a qualifying time in between uh, three and four and got pregnant like two days later, apparently, because this is how, yeah, this is how this works out. I'm done, though, by the way. Um, Is Glenn (laughs) not practicing? He's, like, desperate. He's like, we are done. Um, No, but... This marathon, honestly, it's going to be really hard for me. Like, this is going to be a challenge. Um, I've done one 20-mile run. I've prepared myself just enough so that, like, I'm not going to get injured, um, but I'm, and I'm going to be able to finish. But, like, if you are work, anybody working a water stop, or actually, I'm starting in wave two, corral one or two. So if you're starting any corrals behind me, I'm wearing all black. Um, I'm going to wear a black hat, too. Just give me a little pat on the back and just and do the high five thing because I'm probably going to need it. It's going to be challenging. I would say I'm probably going to be just around a four-hour marathon tomorrow. So, But it's going to be emotional, too. I, I'm, like, already crying thinking about crying at the finish line. Aww, that's pretty cool. Can we give it up for the two of them and for everyone running on Monday? Yeah. You, you're both going to be amazing. Um, I've been trying to convince them to place bets on... Is that illegal, betting? Okay. Um, I want to place bets, and I'm going uh, Muir Hine with the one, too. So uh, oh. that's, that's where I'm that going. I'll say that on NBC. That'll be good. Yes, yes. Allie Feller's predictions. Dark horses yeah. right here. Yeah. If we could put caveats, like, one, two, the mom of four, that, you know, like, yeah. there's no. got to be lots of reasons. No, you don't need them. You're good. You're good to go. Wait. People don't care about that, Lindsay. They just want but to know. We want to know what people do care about. Yeah. Do we, we have some time here that we can open this up to questions. If you have a question for one, for all, Mary Arnold is here in the middle with a microphone. Hey. And don't be shy. 
and Varun has one. As and well. while you're thinking, we'll do like intermediary sprint to the finish here. Um, can I go down the line and ask you each a quick question yeah. as we're prepping for their questions? If you could pick anyone to pace you in your next marathon, who would you pick? I, I just go with my husband. Aww. Aww. She picked you over Des. <laughs> Do they have to actually be able to run? Like, no. Can I say Ellen DeGeneres? No, because that's going to really narrow down who can pace you, Tina. <laughs> be on a She's like, I could choose two people, I well, guess. Well, then if this is imaginary, yeah, I say Ellen DeGeneres because she'd make me laugh. Those are really good ones. <sighs> Do you have one, Allie? Do yeah, I have thank one? Thank you, because I don't know. Um, I'm going to say Allie. Oh, that's we so, would have so I will much entertain fun you. out there. And I would pick my husband, because I don't know if you know this, but he's a very accomplished runner. He once ran a, a turkey trot. Um, Ryan! He's absolutely crushed. Right Crush there. It. I, love I love it. You. All right, do we have questions? Check one, check two. Hey, guys. Hi. Uh, Amelia. Yay. I've been on two of your podcasts. Um, so... The four of you are probably, probably have a lot of the same listeners. Have you ever felt competitive with each other? And I want you to answer honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, not in terms of, I mean, I have no idea how, like how we all do in terms of numbers, downloads, all that. Um, so when it comes to that, no. And even now, less so. But like last year, after Sarah Sellers was the second person across that finish line, I was like, I will get the first interview with her. Um, and I did, I think I recorded with her at like 11 p.m. I think you did too. We both recorded at like super late. So I think that's- I was not happy about recording at 11 p.m. Yeah. Cause she's in Utah and was working 12 hour shifts the day after yeah. the marathon. So I used to be really competitive in that regard, which I think I come, I come from the world of journalism where you want to be the first to break the story. So I felt that for a long time, uh, now less so. But that was what always I would feel competitive about with, yeah, with these women to my right and left. They're amazing. They're on top of the story as much as I am. So, yeah, of course, I want to be the first one to get that conversation. I would agree with that. I think there was, I think there was a time, like, especially right after Boston last year, where I felt the same way. Like, I, I want to be the first one to break the story. That being said, I still really do enjoy interviewing someone, like, immediately after a big win. That just, like, gets me going and makes me really excited. So... Um, but I think that what we've learned more than anything, it's like, listen, it's like, um, who likes to read, right? Like, authors don't need to compete with each other because, like, if you love to read, you're probably going to read a lot of books, right? And you want more books to read. So I've always been of the mindset that, like, if someone listens to Tina's podcast or Allie's podcast, they might like mine unless they think I'm annoying or my voice is annoying. So that's a good thing. Like the more listeners they have, hopefully that means eventually I'll get more listeners too. Fantastic. Varun has one over here too. Okay, and so Varun and then we'll back back to Hi. Uh, Hi. So thank you guys all for being here. And Lindsay, my wife, and I love listening to your podcast. I go by Servant on social media. So oh, nice. yeah, I chat with you quite no, a bit. I, so. I, I never recognize your name. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Um, so I just wanted to ask you guys, what inspired you guys to start podcasting in the first place? I think I have a pretty good one for this. So some of you know that I used to host the Runners Connect podcast, and it came down to my boss saying you can either be on video or you can start a podcast. I didn't know what that was, but I knew I much would prefer that being someone who doesn't particularly dress up on a daily basis. So I went with the podcast. See, I was kind of the opposite because I started with a YouTube channel uh, back in the day, kind of before there was many running po or uh, YouTube um, videos. And so I actually prefer probably to be on the YouTube because I, I can be goofy, a little bit goofier than on the podcast. But I love the podcast because I get to dig deeper into my interviews with people and um, just have a little bit. I do a little bit on the run. I don't know if you guys have heard those where I actually I haven't been able to do it because we had a terrible winter. But um, I just ordered two new mics, these new little Zoom mics that um, I can record now. And so we're going to start a lot of those. So, you know, I've enjoyed doing the YouTube channel, but also the podcast. It's just great all around. I was a guest on Lindsay's and thought it was super fun. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to do this too. This will be my hobby. I've, like I said, I was in journalism. I've been writing about people and telling stories for so long. And... Um, the journalism industry is now a lot less, here's this inspiring story, and a lot more 10 ways to lose 10 pounds in 10 seconds. 
Um, and that's not super fulfilling to write those stories. So I, I love having genuine, honest conversations. And so yeah, I did that and I was like, this seems fun, cool. And then um, emailed Lindsay every day for months being like, I have a question, how do I do this? Uh, and, and it's been so rewarding and so fun and now it is the full-time job. Yeah, and I, I truly started my podcast because I just like wanted a podcast like the podcast that I host now to listen to. And at that time, I think Tina had, we had run to the top and there was a running on own. There wasn't a lot of running podcasts and I just like would find myself out on runs thinking of the conversations I wanted to listen to. And I said, I'm just going to create that myself. So, um, yeah. So if anybody wants to start a podcast, do it because we want more podcasts to listen to. And there's more room on this stage. Yeah. So come up next year. Awesome. <laughs> Hi, how are you? <laughs> That's exciting. So my question is inspired by uh, my buddy AJ over here who just got this super cool new pair of New Balance sneakers with the tulips on it or whatever. I don't know if you've seen them. Um, and I was wondering if you were going to be designing a pair of running shoes like that with uh, every time you look down at your feet, you're like, oh my God, yeah, I'm so inspired. What would you put on them? A picture of my dog and baby, 100%, no question. Oh, gosh. Maybe, like, the food I want to eat yeah, after I finish exactly my run. what I was going to say. I run so I can eat more, so I would definitely put some food on there. I'm afraid I would have to do the uh, Union Jack being from Britain and just to stand up. <laughs> That's a fun question. I like that. Yeah, curveball. Yeah. That was a good one. Uh, we got two down in front okay, here. Okay, so, Varn, you want to grab that side? And <laughs> just straighten off. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Hi, um, my name is Sarah, and I listen to all of you guys and love it. Um, so I knew that all you were women, but I forgot that you're all moms too, and I have a real passion for moms. And I just wondered what um, your kids that are older, what they think of their moms running, um, and for the ones that have babies, just kind of what you want to teach your kids through your running. I I'll start. I love running with my oldest son. This is like our new thing. He can ride his bike now and we can do like five, six miles. And I remember when he was a brand new baby and seeing other moms with their kids on the bike and them running next to him. And I'm like, that looks so much fun. And we just did five miles the other day and we, we finished our last mile. Like I was pushing really hard and he was pushing really hard on the bike and he was trying to talk to me and I was like, I can't talk right now. <laughs> But to me, I, I just loved that he was seeing me work really hard for something that I'm really passionate about. And my husband and I often talk to our kids about that. Like they sometimes, the bigger ones will like complain. We're, we will get a babysitter just to go run together sometimes. And we just tell them like, this is really important for mom and dad to do things that we're passionate about and that we enjoy. Because otherwise we're not gonna be happy people. <laughs> like we're not gonna be good parents to you. Um, so I think it's really fun, and that doesn't just have to be running. I just think it's really fun to show your kids that you're enjoying something like running. And I, I hope at least one of my, I, I got one in four chances. Like, I mean, like I, four, I got four chances, so I hope that one of my kids runs. I think for me it's, um, it's fun. I have a daughter and then two little boys, and Ruby was the one last year who started out in track and thinking that if no one was behind her, that was the spot to be. You guys know what place that is, right? So every time she'd be like, Mom, no one was behind me again. And I'd be like, all right, girly. Like, it's not really what we're supposed to do, but whatever. Um, but this year now she's in Girls on the Run. And, you know, just to be excited about the run. I don't care if she runs five steps. Like, that is not, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, how did your parents get you into the sport? My parents let me get into the sport. And I want my kids to do what they want to do in life, find what makes them tick, find what they're passionate about. My boys, on the other hand, you know, I'm throwing the ball at them like crazy, shooting buckets all the time. So I think we'll definitely have two sports guys in the, in the future. But I do think Ruby is kind of getting it. And you know, you kind of get that, that thing for distance running or for running. And I feel like she's kind of there. So it's, it's fun. She's only nine years old, but it's fun to see the passion she has for it. Yeah, I think for me it's going to be, uh, you know, I'm not sure how many of you or if any of you have read the book Grit by Angela Duckworth, and I absolutely love that book, and she talks about how everyone should have one hard thing that really tests them, really challenges them, and, and you have to kind of fight through the thoughts to quit. So I would like uh, my daughter Bailey to, 
choose something like that that she wants to work towards and have something, but if it isn't running, I'm not going to be upset about it, but at the same time, obviously kind of hoping that she, she does pick that. Yeah, I don't care if Annie runs. I mean, I have such fond memories of growing up going to my mom's uh, step aerobics classes and sitting in the back while she would absolutely crush it, which again, there is room on the stage if you would like to demonstrate. Still does step aerobics, still crushes it. But I think that one thing I'm just conscious about, I mean, my daughter's six months old. We haven't thought about this a whole lot. Um, I still need to like, go out and buy a jogging stroller, which I'm dying to do. But for her, it's I just want her to have a healthy relationship. Annie, everyone's looking at you right now. But no pressure at all. <laughs> Thank you. I made that. Uh, I just want her to have a healthy relationship with, with her mind and with her body. I don't care if that means she's running, if she's dancing. Um, if she can learn how to be a dancer and have a healthy mind-body relationship, I would love her to teach me that. Uh, I did not learn that. So uh, just, yeah, I really haven't thought about it too much because right now she's still like molding out of the potato phase and starting to like <laughs> see what we do and mimic it and all that. So I just want to make sure whatever behavior I'm putting out there is positive so that that's what she sees and picks up on. Maybe one more? Oh, bring it home, Ashley. <laughs> All right, this is for Carrie. What was your favorite race that you've broadcast? And do you ever, how do you hide if you're really excited for a runner as opposed to talking just about everyone in general? Oh my gosh, so when Shalane won New York, I have not done the Boston Marathon in the booth. I did a couple things back a few years ago, um, just did some preview shows. For, I think it was even competitor and things like that. But when Shalane won New York, it was jaw-dropping. And, you know, I, I ran in the Olympics with Shalane. We've grown up together. She, was, she stayed with me, I think, on a recruiting trip. Like, I interviewed her when she was at the NCAAs. I feel like I've watched this woman just blossom and keep blossoming all the time. And when she was coming home in New York, I could not keep it together. Like we went to commercial and John Anderson from ESPN, you guys know him, he's on every single day on SportsCenter, he's a jokester. He's like, are you crying? And I'm like, yes, leave me alone. I'll pull it together by the time the show came back on. And um, it was spectacular to see somebody that I've watched work so hard and to do it in that fashion. And I, I saw what she said, um, you know, with 20 meters to go, and I couldn't repeat it, but I was like, oh yeah. Um, that was something I'll never forget. And then I also remember watching Des last year at home on the other side where I, I kind of got into broadcast mode. I was sitting with my niece, Tolly, who just turned 30, or 13. <laughs> she just turned 13, I'm not that old. But I remember saying to her and kind of getting a little serious, like, you're watching history right now. You are watching history in the making. And like, she's probably like, oh my gosh. Um, but I was bawling. And so yeah, those two moments right there, there's so many great, great moments in history of sport. But to see our people, right? Like Shalane and Des, they did it. And Shalane and Des can do it again. So I hope on Monday we see some spectacular running again. And so can all of you. Yay! <laughs> uh, but seriously, thank you all so much for coming. This has been so fun. And to see this room filled with people who support the four of us is really so special. And I know that we are all so grateful for all of you for showing up for the four of us. So thank you for thank being you. here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, if it weren't for you guys, we wouldn't be here. And we want to thank Generation UCAN so much for doing this. This has been so awesome. Thank you guys so much. I think everyone in the room could have sat here for another hour and listened to your story. So that was. Can we do it? <laughs> I have no idea. Sheridan, can we do it? That was amazing. Um, I wanted to let everyone know that we still have a little bit time, uh, of time left with these women. So what we're going to do is. If you do want to take pictures uh, up on stage with the four of them, please just start to line up. Um, we're going to queue along this side, and we'll kind of wrap it around there. We'll have people up front helping you guys take your pictures. Um, it'll be a group shot with all the four of them, just because there's a whole lot of you in here. We want to try to accommodate that. I've got one other special surprise. Um, so you can, we've been lucky to work with Meb over the years, and he just wrote a new book, 26 Marathons. There are three tickets somewhere in this room, fastened to the bottom of your seat, if you have one of those tickets. 
You've got an autographed copy of Meb's book, it's Redeemable, an at the book. back table. <laughs> it's not gum, hopefully. It's not the seat ticket, it's an actual ticket. We got yeah. one over there, we got two so like over there, there, and we got oh, three. We got, we got all three of them. So you guys win the books. Thank you everyone so much. Please line up over Get here. After Thanks so much. Have fun on Monday. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into that. Again, thank you everybody who attended live in person. It was so great to see so many people and meet so many listeners and see so many old friends. Don't forget, you guys can save 15% plus shipping off of Generation You Can products when you go to generationyoucan.com slash another and use the code another19. Friends, you can find me on social media. I'm Lindsay Hine 626 on Instagram, Lindsay Hine on Twitter. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine on Facebook as well as a group over there on Facebook as well. I also have a Patreon page where you can support my podcast, the work behind it, and get access to lots of awesome bonus content, episodes with my husband, Glenn, bonus questions with past guests like Shalane Flanagan and Kara Goucher. And then also returning guest episodes. Most recent returning guest episodes were Janae Barron, Maggie Dials, Christy Beth Adams. Lots of really great conversations over there. And that's just patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. All right, friends, have a great start to your week. It's Monday. I usually don't see you till Friday. So have a great start to your week. And I'll just see you in a few days over on Friday. Thank you so much.